Welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Big Money Grip, Steve Carsey and The Chosen Lawyers. Steve, 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 what is on your head today? Oh, today we got the USSA uh, logo. It's tournaments that uh, our youth team plays in uh, pretty much every weekend. So it's just a representation of 12U baseball today. And how is 12U baseball going? Uh, you know, your son, Kingston, future number one draft pick MLB. How's he doing? Uh, he's doing well, you know, um, continue, continues to grow. You know, it's challenging. We played our first uh, our first game on a bigger field, making a transition to 80-foot bases and 54-foot mounds. So uh, for 12-year-olds, it's a, it's a longer throw. It's a, a little bit different look. Uh, we played a 13U team. Uh, as a 12-year-old team, and, and we did pretty well. I was uh, extremely pleased with uh, how the boys competed, how the boys, uh, you know, made the transfer. Uh, there was some mistakes, but, uh, you know, as expected for 12-year-olds for when they're playing that type of baseball and, and moving to a bigger field. What's the age bracket when they start moving between uh, wooden bats, aluminum bats? How does that work in uh... – in lower level yeah, baseball. so it, it, I'm still learning this uh, as well for youth baseball, but up until 12 years old, you're allowed to use what they call a drop 10, 10 ounces lighter than the length of the bat. So if it's a 31 inch bat, then it's a 21 ounce bat. So it's a 31 drop 10. That's or a 30 drop 10, which would be 30 inches and 20 ounces. So, uh, it's kind of regulated like that uh, for the safety, uh, depending what league you're in. And then as you get older, the you have to start using a heavier bat. So it goes from a drop 10 up until 12 years old to a drop eight at 13 years old. Once you get into 14 years old, which is like eighth grade, year before high school, you've got to go to a drop five. So it's five ounces lighter than the length of the bat. And then as you get into high school, which is 15 years old and higher, with some exceptions, you have to use either what they call is a BB core bat, which is a minus, which is a drop three. And you can use wood at any point in time all the way up uh, if you'd like, but uh, with metal bats, that's how they kind of regulate it and, and try to create some safety issues uh, with, with the heaviness of the bat. You think some kids uh, growing up, especially in grade school, going to high school, make the mistake as far as seeing their favorite player, their favorite batter, and saying, I want his bat, I want his weight, and trying to swing those bats at that age? You know, I, yeah, I mean, I guess everybody does that. But uh, I, I just think that, uh, you know, the parents and the coaches need to have an understanding of the stature of the boy, where he's at, is how much – you know, can he actually swing? And then all of these places that you go to try to find the proper bat fitting uh, that works best for their boy uh, and, and to try to make that athlete uh, as successful as possible. I see a lot of boys just wanting to swing a heavier bat because their peers are swinging a heavier bat. Um, and it just does not do them justice. It's, it, it's slow. It gives them, you know, not the proper swing. And then, uh, you know, they're just laid on a lot of pitches and fouling them off and, and, and then the confidence level goes. So uh, in my opinion, I just think that uh, you need the proper bat, you need the proper equipment, you need the proper level of baseball that your boy is uh, capable of playing for him to be successful. 
and to develop. I mean, I think that's the number one thing that we, uh, or at least I do as, as a coach, you know, there's, there's many who chase rings and chase medals and, you know, organizations that want to win and everybody wants to win, but the development of each individual player is extremely important to me. And you try to put them in the best position to succeed as possible. You ready for the segue? Sure. Team that's looking very much for medals and championships and honor in today's episode is the New York Yankees. And as far as parents needing to change up the equipment, maybe it'll be Aaron Hicks parents. Maybe we need to look at the bat that he's using currently because Yankees fans are quite upset, Steve Carsey. So in today's episode, we need to fix the New York Yankees and fast. It's funny how my news feed works. You know, I get all sorts of topics, but when baseball season comes, it's just baseball, baseball, baseball. And abundantly, it's clear based on what the media is saying, going about 30 plus games right now, New York Yankees, we got some issues. And it's funny because I'm thinking in my head, okay, so it must be under 500. I take a look at the record, you know, looking at our taping today, they're above 500. But at 1817, they are 10 games already behind the Rays. You sent me a very uh, shocking stat the other day about the New York Yankees and St. Louis Cardinals. I could not believe this. I had to go take a look. Man, they're right. Would you like to share that one with us? Yeah, all I sent with you, and and it was shocking to me. I did not know this as well. Uh, I just popped up on, you know, Bleach Report and one of the feeds that, uh, you know, this is the first time at the end of April or beginning of May was the calendar changes to May 1st that both the St. Louis Cardinals and the New York Yankees uh, are relegated to last place in their division. Unfreaking believable But the Pirates, uh, seeing that stat, have decided to go on a losing streak themselves, and that's how baseball works. Isn't it funny, Steve, how a five-game winning streak, a five-game losing streak can change things in a heartbeat? Uh, 100%. I mean, that's, the, that's what you're looking for is consistency within your ball club. Uh, the teams that end up winning 95 games are the ones who can kind of stay away from those five, six, seven game losing streaks. Um, when you go on those, you know, you kind of moved into the position of winning high eighties to low nineties, uh, unless you go on a, a super long winning streak yourself of eight to 10, 11 games. And uh, in major league baseball, it's, it's really hard to do. I mean, you know, what the Rays are doing is, is pretty special right now. I mean, obviously we're, we're still in the first quarter pole of the season uh coming climbing up to 40 games um you know and you kind of see who teams are and and everybody saw who the rays were the schedule was a little light i think early on in the season but they took advantage of it like you can't control uh who is put in front of you when you play all you can do is show up in the field put your work in go out play the game and, and see how it does and and they've done a fantastic job with it even with some injuries and and losing a couple starters I can tell you, like living in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you know, right now uh, we have the Maple Leafs and as far as in hockey season and Leafs fans are crying right now because the Leafs seem to play down to the opposition when they're not playing the strongest opponents. They got their wish. The Lightning are out. The Bruins are out. Now all they got to do is beat the Panthers and they can go on to the third round, except the Panthers are up 3-0 in the series. So you never, ever, it's like you always say, in a short playoff series, you never, ever know. Now, the Yankees fans uh, won't be content with that. They, I'm not going to say they need blood, but they certainly need answers and they need it fast. And there's two people that seem to be on the cusp of their tongue constantly. Number one, the aforementioned Aaron Hicks, 
who, by the way, doubled his RBI total last night from one to two. I took a look at his numbers. Steve, it is shockingly, I don't know if it's the pressure getting to him or what is it, but it is hard. I mean, you're playing in New York City. You're batting barely a buck 50, no home runs, two RBIs after a full month. He's got to be hearing it on a daily basis. Yeah, it's a tough place to play. I mean, there's no doubt about it, especially when you're struggling. Uh, ask Joey Gallo, you know, I mean, Sonny Gray. Those guys came into New York, and it's just a different animal. Like like I've talked to you about before, and we've talked on this show, is going into New York, playing for the Mets and the Yankees, you know, obviously some other places. But New York is always like the spotlight of, like, can, can this guy play there? The media is always on you. The media is always asking questions. You're, you know, with one of the best franchises in, in professional sports. So, uh, you know, it gets magnified a little bit more. Uh, if Aaron Hicks is on, I don't know, the Kansas City Royals, is it that big of a deal with what he's doing? It's not good by any means, but is it spotlighted like we're talking about right now if he's on the Kansas City Royals? Probably not. But I'm sure he's not happy with how his performance is. Like, no professional athlete wants to get to this point and uh you know there's probably just something within his swing something within what he's doing he's been injured quite a bit he hasn't had consistent playing time he's getting some now and he might be working out through some of these kinks but again it's magnified because the yankees are as you said 17 and 16 they're not in first place they're not up x amount of games so you can deal with guys who are struggling and you can deal with guys who are trying to work through things uh, when you're in first place and you have a few game lead, it's really hard to do that when you're in fifth place and you're trying to climb and get production out of these positions and guys that you're putting on the field. Uh, you know, I don't want to call it panic mode, but I would say there's some, uh, you know, thoughts going on in a lot of people's heads of why are the Yankees in this position? Um, you know, what can we do to get out of this position? And listen, I know injuries are a part of baseball. The Yankees have a lot of injuries, but so do other teams. And at the end of the day, nobody's going to feel sorry for you that you have 10, 12, 14 guys on the IL and you're struggling because that's just a part of the game of baseball. And, you know, um, they, they have to deal with it. I mean, and, and that's where the depth that we talk about in a roster comes into play is when your secondary guys – that you can put on the field when your your main guys are injured, have to right the ship, hold it down, you know, just keep it afloat until the uh, superstars get back. And that's that's a big difference between this Yankees team and the Yankees teams that you were part of back in the day because I don't see that secondary team. Like, they were fielding almost two all-star teams, it felt like. The reality of it today is they, if everybody is fairly healthy, you're not seeing Hicks in the, in the outfield. Like, think about it. Bader is gone. You know, uh, Judge is injured. Uh, I think day to day, you know, uh, Stanton is consistently, you know, either in, out. Donaldson's been injured. It's tough, tough, you know, to overcome those. And a guy who's getting a lot of flack right now, unfortunately, you know, was their big signing. I, I wasn't a fan of the move at the time. I, I'll be honest. I like the guy as a player a lot. I just thought it was big money for what he was. It's Carlos Rodon. But I read an article last night, and now we're hearing the name of Carl Pavano. And this is another Pavano situation. I think that's really unfair to him to paint him under that pick. They're two different situations completely, but the media loves to find and exploit that. And, uh, you know, it's almost like 
Rondon's behind the eight ball. By the time he comes, they've already painted the picture of him, and I think that's really unfair. It is unfair, but that's New York. They're going to make a story. They have to sell papers. They have to put stuff online. People have to read it. They got to draw attention to what they're doing. So whatever story is coming up in New York, no matter what it is, they are going to, the media, I mean, is going to jump on it and put it out there. I mean, that's, you know, unfortunately how the business works. And that's what they do. They cover the team. They try to give information on the team good, bad, or indifferent, and then they let the uh, fans, you know, decide what they want to do. And that's when the fans come and they boo or they don't boo or they cheer or they, you know, pick a guy that they back. Like, that's just – that's part of professional sports. That's the mental toughness that guys need to uh, be able to withstand and get over, especially if you're playing in a big market and especially if you're playing in New York. And that's where, you know, my gut feeling, I mean, you, you, you've been at this level and, you know, from a player's perspective, a coaching perspective, I can't see throwing in a towel in April, May, like at this, at this point, you have so many injuries. I think you got to let it ride. You got to get your horses back, try to stay semi-competitive. And once a few of these guys get back in there, see what you got and then deal with it by the trade deadline at that point. But from the Yanks perspective, I don't think they ever throw in the towel. And it, it comes to a point that you just got so many injuries that you just got to let it go. Like, I, I can't see what else Cashman could do at this point. What's your feeling on it? Yeah, I mean, you, you, listen, April is April, right? The White Sox are in a hole, too. Like, that's just part of what the beginning of the season is. Uh, but the difference is the White Sox don't have a Tampa Bay Ray team that is – uh, constructed the way they're constructed in that division where the Yankees have to, to compete. Like the Rays are as, as well constructed as a, a roster as, as I've seen in a long time with, with what they do. And if you just do the math, uh, and I sent uh, something to a, a friend the other day, I just did the math after the month of April. And if you really look at it from that perspective, um, it's, it's really hard when you look at how you, if you get to 95 wins and if the Yankees can get the 95 wins, um, Yankees would have to play some ridiculous number. I sent him like 27 games over 500 from this point till the end of the season where the Rays only have to play 10 games over 500 to get to 95 wins. Unfreaking believable. And that whole division, it's funny. I, I like to look at the power rankings every week and see which teams are going up, going down. In the top five, you had three AL East teams. You take a look at those Orioles. Like I've watched a few of their games this year. They're pretty exciting. They're, these young players have come together. The Red Sox have figured out a few guys are getting hot at the right time. That lineup's looking really good. The Jays have been scary good at times. Their pitching, you know, has been a little hit and miss, but all of a sudden you get a Kikuchi who's who's doing it. You get all of a sudden a Pearson who was a former first round pick who's now all of a sudden lights out, hasn't been able to run this year. It's funny how these pieces just come together. That is one scary division. And you could see all the wild, wild card teams coming out of there theoretically. And you could finish with 85, 90 wins and not even make the playoffs. Wow. Yeah, it's a great division. And, and what did we talk about uh, the last couple of shows? First 40 games, right? It tells you really who teams are, whether they're 500, above 500, it's a couple surprises, a couple teams that we thought were going to be really good who just aren't 
as good as we thought they were going to be because the first 40 games, the first quarter mark tells you exactly really the identity of what a team is. Well, we're going to be next week. I got a big uh, launch of somebody who made a return. And when a big, big bat comes back into your lineup, it's funny how it can change the whole dynamic of your team. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, Steve Carsey, you know, thank you for sharing the, the insights. I'd like to give more hope to the Yankees fans at this point, but I think all we can say is get healthy, you know, stay through it and let's see what this, what the next quarter brings. Yeah, absolutely. Tough division, tough climb, tough road, but, uh, you know, we've seen crazier things happen and, uh, you know, we'll continue to monitor and, and watch how they play. If you want to have any solace, uh, Yankees fans, just keep looking at those reports of those two expansion teams that are on the horizon and complete realignment. And you never know who's going to be in your division come next five years or so. Steve Carsey, Big Money Grip, always a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your insights. And we'll see you back next week on The Chosen Journey. Absolutely.